Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today I'm sitting at the back of the Basha United Church with Reverend Robin King, and it's Robin's first time back on the podcast for this new season. We're into season six. This is the sixth year we've been doing this together, Robin. Can you believe it? It's that? a miracle, Ben. That's incredible. It's amazing. It's astonishing. <laughs> uh, I, I love doing this, and I love doing them in like Zoom is great because we can reach out to guests from anywhere and we've been able to get some really incredible people on the podcast and i guess we maybe partially have uh, the pandemic to thank for that but we had started doing some of that even before but uh if you haven't checked them out anyone listening right now you've got to go back and look at the last few episodes um, from this summer just some incredible stories this podcast really is all about exploring authentic human spiritual journeys. And so sometimes that is, takes the form of having someone share their life experience or a unique perspective because of the job that they have or a project that they've been working on or um, maybe something to do with advocacy work in the LGBTQ space. It could be anything um, that, that makes their spiritual journey interesting to share um, with our audience. So, and, and I, I really think that everyone's spiritual journey isn't, makes for an interesting story, but the, honestly, the last few episodes, just some particularly spectacular stories, well worth checking out. Uh, and then you and I, Robin, sometimes like a lot of our episodes together, because we don't just have you share your story over and over and over again, we will dive into various spiritual stories, either from like scripture or things that are going on in the world or just any topic that we find to be interesting and that we, we jump into an organic conversation about that thing, which we are going to do today. So last Sunday uh, in your message, you were talking about this, the miracle story of sharing the loaves of bread and the fish uh, with Jesus and the crowds of people and what a miracle that was. And you had a really interesting spin on it that got me thinking, we should talk about miracles. So today's episode is going to be all about miracles, right? Spin, Ben? An interesting spin on an that? Inter- an interesting perspective. An interesting spin on that. Aren't, uh, Actually, aren't ministers you know, that's just... The thing uh, about, that's the thing about miracle stories that makes them a miracle as far as I'm concerned. They're, mir- they're miraculous because... There are so many different ways to for that story to be understood, to be mm-hmm. heard, to be spun, to be uh, related, and and you know especially when you get, and I think the yeah the one I was talking about last week, um, what's so interesting that about that to me is that it's in all four of the gospels, mm-hmm. right? Which to me says, and and the basic details are the same, basic details are the same. Um, they each have their own way of, of telling it, but that to me gives it a certain level of authenticity, um, not necessarily f- factual, but authentic, right? Um, because it was well enough known that all three of them, all four of them thought they should include it. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we have another miracle story that three of the four thought they should include. Um, and what's weird about that is it's not the usual three. Usually when we say, you know, it's in three of the four gospels, we mean the synoptic ones, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke that are similar, right? But actually, this is Matthew, Mark, and John that have this story about Jesus walking on the water, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, so it's whenever more than one has it, I just kind of think, okay, if you thought it was important enough to include, that gives it some authenticity for me. The thing, though, is that doesn't necessarily make it factual. 
Um, like I, I wasn't there, so I don't know how it happened. Um, but we have this story that we have tended in the past to interpret as this is a miracle story. Mm -hmm. I think all the miracle stories are just miraculous stories because the real miracle is how often you can get more out of that story. <laughs> right. Um, the, there's different perspectives. There's different ways of understanding it. There's in fact, different miracles within the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and these are really good back to back, really good examples. And in fact, they're miracle stories that happen back to back. Um, feeding the 5,000 and Jesus walking on the water because there's more than one miracle there, I yeah, think. Yeah, you, and so let's unpack that a little bit. You, you did that um, in your sermon last Sunday where you talked about the different, like, does it mean this or does it mean this or does it mean this? Yeah, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. What I should have said was and. No, but you did then. You followed up by yeah. saying, you know, maybe the reality is that it's not, there isn't just one way of looking yeah, at it. Exactly. So, yeah. so what were, so with the, let's go back to Jesus on the hill and, you know, you got all these hungry people that have been following him. And, you know, we all know this, like you said, if, if you've been to church more than once, or even if you haven't, you probably know the story. Yeah. But again, very much like the walking on water story, you tend to know um, and, and maybe actually, now that I think about it, maybe that's a flaw of it. It's in all of the Gospels, right? It's like when we tell the Christmas story, we tell the Christmas story. Not often recognizing that we're using details from two different sources, right? right. We mash them together. Yeah, we've just mashed them together to create this wondrous tableau, which is, you know, the, the crash, right? Everybody's there. This is how it happened. Um, but in fact, that's more than one telling of the story, right? And more than one perspective, even within that. Um, but but the um, there there are actually when I think about it, there aren't a whole lot of stories about Jesus where, um, the, the, I mean, the whole thing is miraculous. It truly is because, um, you, however you tell the story, there are there are different ways of understanding it, different ways of comprehending it. And I think one of the things about Jesus in parables, for example, is I think Jesus intentionally used parables in order to not have to explain. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he told a parable in order to make a specific point. I think more often than not, the parables can be heard or interpreted in a variety of ways. And so the point Jesus is trying to make isn't, this is what you should understand from this story that I'm telling you, mm -hmm. but that you should think about this story. Right. Right. And, and, we don't tend to do that. We have historically tended to go, the parable means X, mm -hmm. when in fact what it could mean is anything from A to Z. Right. Right? It depends on how you look at it. And uh, depends on the context you put it in. It depends on a whole variety of things. And I think that was intentional. Mm -hmm. um, I think Jesus was meaning to teach people to think, not to tell them to think a specific thing, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is something that all good preachers should be doing. Yeah, and some are great right? at it, like, like yourself. And, well, but the church as a whole does have a reputation for being... This is what it means. Here you right. go. Here's what to, you know, stand up, sit down, read this, believe this. Yeah. And then, then we might change our mind on that or think something different. And then suddenly somebody goes, but wait a minute, you, I'd learned this in Sunday school. Why yeah. are you telling me this now? Yeah. Well, because we thought about it. Yeah. And we did a little bit more research and we did a little bit more thinking, and we, as you should do. Yes. Think about it. And I think... Sometimes we tend to treat then the whole story of Jesus the same way. So a miracle story has only one particular meaning. And particularly when you have a story like 
um, the walking on water story, where at the very end of it, um, at least the the telling of it that we're hearing this week, which is from Matthew, uh, it ends with um, how all of the guys in the boat um, thought, well, truly, this is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. That Jesus is able to do these miraculous things because he is the Son of God. In other words, he's unique and different and not one of us. He has superpowers. You just... <laughs> Totally missed the point of Jesus as far as I'm concerned, because the moment you make Jesus uh, unique and different from all of us, we will not be able to learn how to be Jesus. Uh, yeah. Right? And, and I think that the thing about the miracle stories is that, um, th- and this is why I'd rather say the stories are, themselves are miraculous rather than the action, uh, is because, and classic, here's a classic example, Jesus walking on the water. Peter gets out of the boat. Jesus is not the only one who walks on the water. Peter walks on the water. In fact, the reason Peter starts to sink, it's quite clear, is because he realizes what's going on around him and he's afraid. So he starts to sink. And so when Jesus says, oh, I'm just totally giving away this week's message, aren't I? When Jesus says, um, you know, where's your faith? I don't think Jesus necessarily means in me or God, but in yourself. Mm. He could mean, if you'd believed more in yourself, you would have been able to do that. Right. Right? In other words, don't be afraid. Believe that you can do it, and you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Can we walk on water? Well, no, actually. The science is pretty clear on that. <laughs> um, I, and I know, like, we're gonna, somebody's going to go, but wait a minute. There are, there are people who actually do that, right? It's like magic, right? Yeah, isn't there yeah, a guy who does Yeah, except there's a, a way that they're doing yeah, it, isn't there? There's a There's, difference between yeah. a miracle and an illusion. And that's the thing about when we get to this point with miracles, invariably, especially in the, in the Bible, someone is going to go, okay, so what you're doing is you're explaining away the miracle. It's not a miracle anymore. Yeah. You're saying Jesus was just no. an illusionist and he, yeah. tricked, he tricked us. Yeah. It's, the whole thing's an illusion. Same thing with the bread and you know the fish and the bread thing. The water it's and the an wine. Illusion. Water yeah. and wine. Yeah. It's just, it's a trick. Um, in fact, there's a really, um, there's a really, Rowan Atkinson does a really funny bit where he's, uh, he's a Church of England priest reading that scripture passage about the um, uh, changing the water into wine. And it, it, it turns very quickly into a how, you know, nice trick, do another one. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really funny, but it makes a really valid point. Is it a trick or is it a miracle? And what's the difference? Yeah. Like, is it just an illusion? Was it, uh, you know, think of all of the things that we have now that even a hundred years ago, people would have thought were literally magic Yeah. and unbelievable yeah. and go back a thousand years and you're a witch, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and so, not just, not just things like, um, electronics and technology that didn't exist a hundred years ago, where clearly if you showed someone from the 1800s, your iPhone or any like long list of examples of things that we just take for granted now, they would, they would be dumbfounded. They would think it's sorcery, but not only that, but even things like the things that people can do in, in sports, in athletics, like where. You mean like the miracle on ice? (laughs) Sure. Like in anything, like how, um, uh, there's a a documentary on, on Netflix that I really want to see called the deepest breath. Have you seen the trailer for that? It's about free diving. And so these records keep getting broken because people through training and through, I mean, there's, there's science to it, obviously, but the human body is still just the human body. Like freediving is such a pure 
uh, example of like there's no equipment involved really. Mm -hmm. Like they may maybe have a fin that they put their their two feet into, so they look like like a dolphin fin, and they have a nose plug, and that's it. They the rest is just training on how to expand your lung capacity and how to get over the psychological hurdle, hurdles of can I go a little bit deeper? Can I go a little bit deeper? And so this film, I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but it explores how like this um, one diver in particular is shattering these, this record and how deep they can free dive on a single breath of, of air. That if you 100, 200 years ago showed, showed people that like, oh yeah, this guy dove to you know, 250 feet below the surface of the ocean, they think that's impossible. Yeah. There's no way that anyone can do that. And so there's people that are performing what would have been considered impossible feats or miracles just because we've pushed the boundaries of what's of yeah. what is possible. Yeah. So so what you just just described is clearly not a miracle, but a bunch of Americans winning a hockey game is a miracle. <laughs> Uh, really? Like how, how is, so, we so use the term the pretty problem, loosely. Yes. Yeah. Part of the problem is we, we use the term quite flippantly, unfortunately. Um, and so very much like a lot of other words and a lot of yep. other language, it's lost some of its basic meaning. Um, but, but the thing is, um, what you just described about the, the free diving thing, how is that any less miraculous I mean, the human body is a miracle of uh, like that we still don't understand, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of things about it. We don't even um, understand what happens when we're asleep. Yeah. So, so how is any of that? Less, even our existence is a miracle. The fact that this planet is still here is a miracle, right? I, I mean, in its own way, in the sense that it's something uh, almost um, uh, not well supernatural. It defies yeah. human understanding. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And even, you know, we talk about things like, okay, we can scientifically explain a rainbow, but you can't scientifically explain the way it's meaning to people, right? Um, we can scientifically feel. explain all sorts of things. We can do all sorts of things now. And like even just a few minutes ago, I was saying like things that we can do now that a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago, no one could have dreamed were possible. Sure. But that doesn't change the fact that we, even our existence as human beings is miraculous. Um, it, it really is. Mm -hmm. And so um, just to take it back to the, the things that we refer to as miracles in the Bible, um, I think the, one of the great flaws in the way that we've done that is that we have by making them miracles that only Jesus could do. And using that as clear evidence of the fact that Jesus is the Son of God, Mm -hmm. and has the divine power that only Jesus has, we've managed to effectively distance ourselves from Jesus in a way that no longer obligates us to be like Jesus. Right? No, we we're can, stuck in a place we where can't we just... possibly be Jesus, no. so why would we even try? So we just worship him from a distance. Yeah, we'll just worship... In fact, that's actually a really good way of putting that. We'll just worship him. Not God, Jesus. Well, isn't Jesus... God? Well, no... No, actually not. And this is the thing about, I, I know I go on and on about this, but I think the <laughs> great thing about Jesus is that Jesus is human and divine in a way that clearly demonstrates for us that we are too. And there isn't yes. anything that Jesus does that we can't do. And in fact, I think that's the point is that all of these things that we call miracles that Jesus does, um, we can understand them in a way that makes it, from my perspective, no less miraculous 
but makes it possible for us to understand how we can be Jesus too, mm-hmm. right? And so the feeding of the 5,000, um, sure, if you want to understand, and by all means, understand the miracle the way you understand the miracle sure. or see the miracle the way you want to see the miracle, if that has positive meaning for you, absolutely. Um, if it has negative meaning or it's a means to say, I don't know, control what people think, you should stop that because that's not a miracle anymore. The, the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000, for me, the point of that story is, first of all, people are hungry and they need to be fed. That's a key point of the story. Mm-hmm. People are hungry and they need to be fed. So who do you know that's hungry and needs to be fed? And maybe you should darn well go and do that. The second thing is that the, the idea that Jesus feeds the crowd with loaves and fishes and again the basic facts are the same in each of the tellings it's just the we get variety of that um how it's told but um how is it any less a miracle that jesus with an act of generosity of like incredible generosity where he basically says you know he basically said i don't need anything you guys take it and in fact you have a piece and you have a piece and and how do we know that didn't inspire people to then realize they had brought something with them and not only they had something, but they could share it. Because mm-hmm. I don't see how in Jesus' day, and I know hospitality is a big thing in Jesus' day, but I don't see how you would follow Jesus around to the extent that you'd be out at a deserted place where there's no food around. Away from your homes. Away from your home, and you didn't take anything with you. Really? Because it's not like there's a McDonald's on the corner of every street in Bethlehem, right? Uh, <laughs> well, you would take now, food but... with you. Well, there is now, but there wouldn't <laughs> have been then. And so you would take something with you, even if it was just like a biscuit or a piece of, uh, you know, dried meat or something, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a wonderful telling of that story in um, this um, indigenous version of the New Testament, right? The First Nations version, where they say fry bread. Mm. Okay. Because it's something that would travel, right? And so why wouldn't you take something like that with you? And if people did, an act of radical generosity, um, completely unexpected in the moment, from the person that you actually came to listen to tell you stuff and and heal people and things, how do we know that? And and see, if you inspired a, a huge crowd, regardless of the number, if you inspired a crowd of people to that level of sharing that there was food left over, that's a miracle. Yeah. Also, by the way, there was food left over, which meant people not only didn't go home hungry, they took food home with them Yes. away from this experience as well, right? And so there's a whole metaphor of people are fed, continue to be fed even from the one moment of being the fed. lasting right? impact. Yeah. And so there's a whole variety, for me, there's a whole variety of miracles in that story. Mm-hmm. And um, we experience that today too. Like you said I I think remember um, part of your sermon you were talking about modern day church potlucks, right? Like any form of gathering where food is shared, there seems to be this phenomenon that persists today that when food is shared, there just always seems to be enough. And more times than not, there's an abundance that's beyond, like it's more than Mm -hmm. enough. Sure, there's everyone's been to a potluck where you look at the table and you think there are too many people here there's not enough people brought something. But even then, there is, and I, I, I feel like there's this generative effect of 
of abundance that people do have enough. Mm -hmm. Because um, they'll take a little bit of each thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. But usually there's so and much. Share. And there's there's just yeah. too much, right? And so it likely was like that. And I love your telling of, you know, maybe it was like this. Maybe, maybe people had um, rations or like uh, provisions that they'd brought that they were going to save for the next day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were so inspired by someone else's sharing that they thought, you know, I, I do have something to share. And there is a miraculousness to that. Mm -hmm. In fact, it, it, yeah, it, especially today when we find ourselves in a world where sharing is not always um, something that happens readily. Um, it might be at church potlucks, but it doesn't necessarily happen, say, I don't know, globally um, or just in society in general, um, that... Um, that that's an even bigger miracle. Like, honestly, I, I don't mean to be sarcastic about saying if you can get a crowd of people to share enough food that everyone gets something to eat, that's a miracle mm -hmm. because it is, it mm -hmm. is. It's, I'm not, you know, trying to be negative about people or anything, but it, it just is that people will tend to, Oh, I brought this for me and I only have mm -hmm. enough for me. Because that's your th that was your thinking when you went out the door. You didn't think, oh, I better take tons because there'll be a crowd. You thought, I'll take something for me in case, you know, I get hungry on the way back. Because it's not like we're going to get, you know, stuck out in the middle of nowhere till late in the evening. But that is exactly what happens. Yeah. And then you're put in a position where, well, I've only brought enough for me. You're not going to share until somebody inspires you to do that. Yeah. That's a miracle as it far is. as I'm concerned. I, I'm curious if... Um... I'm curious about your thoughts on this. What do you think? Do you think that there that Jesus witnessed all of this happening and could have, in response to all of these events unfolding and the mirac the miracle that was generated, thought to himself, Wow, I didn't expect that, and I don't know that I could repeat that. Like in or for any of those miracle stories where because we've all, I think almost all of us can think of a moment in our lives where we did something, and then looking back on it, we thought, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I was able to um, finish that essay on time and, and pulled an all-nighter or whatever it was, or, you know, score a basket from the half-court line in basketball. Like, that was a miracle. Perform some type of act that w the statistical probability of it happening was so infinitesimally small that you just can't help but think, there's no right. way I'd be able to do that ever again. Yeah. And maybe, but, and we call that miraculous because it's just, you know, it defies probability or defies logic or defies scientific explanation. And maybe Jesus yeah. did things that he himself thought, I didn't know I was even able, going to be able to do that and might never be able to repeat that. I don't know, Ben, you're kind of tapping into Jesus' humanity there. Um, and uh, yeah, in fact, the walk in water thing is a really good example of that, right? Is that um, Peter actually walks on the water until he's afraid and starts to sink. Yeah. So he was already doing it. You know, mm -hmm. he might well have gone, I can't believe I'm doing that. Oh, I'm not now. And, yeah. and that's the thing about that is when we do something that we just, uh, uh, it, like it happens and we go, like you just described, I can't believe I was able to do that. The point is you did. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's it. And you probably weren't thinking when you were doing it. Well, however it happened, the fact is that you did, so you are capable of it. Will you be able to do it, duplicate that or do it again? Maybe not. Who knows? But you did demonstrate you are capable of it. Mm -hmm. 
right? And and I think we sometimes get locked into the idea that, you know, our capabilities are limited. And the moment you start to think like that, um, you've limited yourself, right? Yeah. Um, and I, again, one of the things about that story with Jesus and Peter is, I don't, I, I think if you want to, I, I don't, but I think if you want to interpret it as what Jesus is saying is, you weren't, you didn't believe enough in me, or like, where's your faith? Why did you doubt me? Mm-hmm. Um, you're welcome to that. That's not how I hear the story, but you're welcome to that. Um, if you're, you, you think that that was, um, uh, why did you doubt that I would save you? Well, then surely Peter should have stepped out of the boat and started to sink immediately. Why would there be any indication that he was already walking on the water? Mm-hmm. Right? He would have needed Jesus to save him right away. And by the way, he's a fisherman. I think he would feel relatively safe and comfortable in the water and be able to handle himself in the water. I don't see how he would need Jesus to save him. Jesus, the carpenter who doesn't spend a whole lot of time around the sea. <laughs> I, I just like there's the logic is and but that see that's the point I think when we start to get into trying to understand the, these stories in a logical and reasonable way there is no logic or reason to these stories um, yeah. that's not their point their point it, as far as I'm concerned is for us to learn about what we are capable of yeah. it, they're meant to inspire us they're meant to teach us lessons um, that that uh help us live better lives. I mean, I think that's, that's the just point the of a parable. Yeah. That's the point of it. It's the and same with fables, right? Like with any yeah, mythic story. Myth, it, right? Yeah. It's the, the whole point of those stories is that, that and, and, you know, again, I'm the, I didn't say I'm not the first person to say this. I don't know that it actually happened that way, but it's nonetheless true. Right. That's the point of a myth is that there at the heart of it is an, uh, a, an essential truth for us. And we have, um, we've created a story around it, um, but parts of that story may be real. Mm-hmm. The kernel of that story certainly is, but parts of the story may be real too. I wasn't there. I didn't see Jesus do the thing with the loaves and fishes. I wasn't there to see Jesus walking on the water or Peter walking on the water for that matter either. Um, I wasn't there to see the um, the disciples of Jesus, who many of whom were were fishermen, um, who would have been smart enough to go, Jesus, there's a storm coming. We're not getting out on the water. Mm-hmm. And yet they do. <laughs> and then we're supposed to believe they're afraid because it's a storm. But they, their life was this before they started to follow Jesus. So like, it, there's no real, but we're not meant to think about those things, right? We're meant to think about the miraculous aspect of the story. One of the things that's um, really interesting, and this had not occurred to me before um, until uh, I read, it's terrible because I've forgotten who, but I was reading uh, somebody who pointed out the context of the feeding of the 5,000 story in Matthew, which is it happens immediately after Jesus and everyone else hears that John the Baptist has been killed, Mm -hmm. right? And so the story begins... Um, Jesus was trying to get away from the crowd to have some quiet time by himself, but the crowd followed him and insisted that he do miracles for it. That's not actually how it happened. We've tended to tell it that way, that it was that, you know, aggressive crowd that's so demanding of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Do another what trick, if, Jesus. <laughs> what if that wasn't, yeah, what if it, that's not how it happened? What if Jesus heard that John was dead and was grieving 
And the crowd heard it too. And Jesus wanted to, went off to be by himself, and the crowd went, no, we want to share that grief with you. And so they followed Jesus in order to share that grief together as a community, right? And so Jesus' response to that was to reach back out to them. So in fact, it wasn't that they were being demanding of Jesus. They were attempting to share support. that time, that grief, and support each other. Yeah. And there's a miracle right there, if you ask me. Um, but Jesus' response to that was to then engage them. Right. Right? And, huh. and so um, there's a miracle of compassion and community grief there, right, yeah. in sharing that. Um, and that is what leads into the story of the feeding of the 5,000, right, is that um, the context of that story is very clearly... Everyone has just heard that John the Baptist has been killed. And I, I think everyone was grieving, not just Jesus, yeah. but everyone had reason to grieve because it could very well even be that many of the people who were following Jesus to hear what he had to say were doing that because John the Baptist told them they should. Or they had been following right? John the Baptist prior. Yeah, we call, him, we call him John the Baptist because baptizing was his thing, but in fact, his role was to tell people that the Messiah was here. The announcer. Yeah, yeah. he's the announcer, right? And in fact, if we believe, uh, if you believe how Luke tells the, uh, the birth stories of Jesus and John, they're cousins, so they're related. So there's so many connections that yeah. you can't ignore yeah. and just go, nah, Jesus just wanted a break and the crowd was demanding. Yeah. You can't do that. No. Um, in, in fact, in fact, the moment you do that, you might as well do, you might as well just fall right back on, oh, Jesus is the son of God, so he's unique and different, so he can do these great, amazing tricks. I mean, miracles. Um, <laughs> and we can never do that. Yeah. But that's not how it works. Yeah. Right? For me, that's not how it works. So what, what is the point of all of these stories is, to to teach us that we are we also are divine and of the earth and we mm -hmm. are capable of these things right and uh miracle stories are such a they're such an interesting thing because um the context of a miracle story in the bible something we would say this is the miracle of x whatever it is that happened um and then we're using that same word miracle to to literally describe ordinary everyday things that anyone can do I'm sorry, but, you know, the, the American hockey team being good enough to beat the Russians is not a big deal anymore. It's just not. It was then because they didn't think they could do it. Then they mm. found they could. And, oh, guess what? Since then, they found they could do it again. Right? Um, the, the free diving thing is another thing. The body itself is a miracle. Even people, when, when people are sick and then they miraculously recover, and we don't understand how, mm. right? It's a miracle. Yes, but what kind of miracle? Like, like, is it? Are you saying that you know God intervention? God zapped them with a bolt of lightning and they got well, or is it a miracle of spirit? Is it a miracle of the body? Is it like what? What is it? Because, see, then you're having to acknowledge that God is in all of those things. There's a divine spirit in all of those things, yeah. and then we're back to talking about how God is in all I'm, things. I'm right? glad you brought up the example of of healing uh, because there's so many healing stories uh he like miracle stories in the bible and um 
Which one is it that, that Jesus says to the woman that touched the hem of his robe, your faith has made you well. So n- mm-hmm. not, um, I zapped you and, and, and there's something magical in the threads of his robe that, that had this healing property. But no, you, you believed that you would be healed. And that belief, oh, yeah. that faith um, was part of your healing. Yeah, but that's not until after. It's been clearly pointed out that when she touched Jesus' robe, Jesus felt the power go out of him. So it's still, we can still take it back to Jesus has power that you don't. We can still do that. <laughs> There's... We can still do it. Even though Jesus then goes on to say it was your faith. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's so interesting. There's so many different and interesting ways that you can look at these miracle stories and tell them that it's a miracle of this or it's a miracle of that or it's a miracle of this. Yeah. Um, and of course, because all of those things are possible. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> they're all equally unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no, they're all equally, what they are is they're all equally believable if you're prepared to believe in the possibility of things. Right. Right? The moment your your initial context is, no, that can't happen, it's impossible, it's got to be a miracle. But if your initial context is, anything is possible. And not to belabor this, but how often have we heard people say things in church like, all things are possible with God? Yeah. Right? So do we really believe that or not? Either you believe it or you don't. Yeah. And if you believe that, then you need to believe in the... I'm sorry, the grammar police are going to get after me for this because I can't remember what it's called, but is with a conjunction? Is that what that is? I forget what part of grammar it is. But if you're going to say all things are possible with God, then you have a part to play. Yeah. You can't just kind of go, well, God's going to take care of it. It'll be a miracle and God will do it. God did that. It was a miracle. God did it. No, you had a part. Yeah. That's how miracles work. Yeah. It's you, all things are possible with God. And as long as you understand the with part, as long as you understand that that means you need to acknowledge that God is that, that um, energy of life, however you want to describe God, is in all things. That's each of us in all of nature, in all th- created things. Mm-hmm. It's definitely with yeah. Right. And that means that means all of these things that we say are impossible. Therefore, they are a miracle. They're a miracle because they're possible. <laughs> we just the miracle part is that we just suddenly just dis- discovered it. Yeah. That it's possible. You've, you've really turned it all of that on its head from how I hope so. You like to, you have a way of doing that. You like to do that, I think, to uh, to twist things, not twist things, but like to. Um, to look at things from a fresh perspective that it doesn't always just say, well, this is always what we've been taught and this is always what we've believed. So, well, I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I even appreciate the twisted cause I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> on its head, twisted, however you want to describe that. Any action that takes us away from the staleness of how we've been doing it. Um, I'm fine with that. Um, the thing is it's, I don't necessarily think, um, okay, it's a fresh perspective, but it's not new in the sense that I'm simply saying, if we're going to say this, you can't say that and then turn around and say exactly the opposite. Yeah. You can't say, you can't say, for example, that God's love is for everyone, except those people. 
You can't, you can't say stuff like that. You can't say that God is in all of creation and then turn around and say, no, um, he's a white haired old man, uh, who lives upstairs and has particular powers. Um, you can't say that, that we are all connected, um, through that, um, energy of creation and life and everything, and then, um, start picking people out of it. Yeah. Or like you said earlier, you can't say that, teach that all things are possible with God, but then um, hold exception to that. Yeah. Well, it, and my personal favorite is you can't say that God is the one who judges us and then judge people. Either God is the one who judges or not. Like you can't kind of go... Well, and there's different circumstances. No, no, there isn't. You can't say this applies and then like take it away somewhere else. Um, and, and I think we've been doing that. And I think all, in many ways, all I'm doing is simply saying to me, to me, just to me, it makes logical sense to me um, that one might go this direction, this way of understanding this based mm-hmm. on saying this, right? Mm-hmm. Or believing this. And... Um, I think particularly when it comes to miracles, a key part of that for me is that I believe that the point of Jesus, the word made flesh, is that the word is made flesh and that it is a way of demonstrating to us created in the image of God. And at least according to Genesis, made not only from the divine spirit of creation, but of the earth that has already been created. If you're going to have all of that stuff in your backstory then you're going to have to at some point need to acknowledge some things like that we're all created um, mm. equal and uh, um, with equality. Let's say it that way. Um, we're all create equity. We're all created with equity, right? Um, we're all created in a way that allows us to be connected to each other. We're all created um, with this uh, divine and human spirit, um, which we all have equal access to. The thing that is stopping us is ourselves, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it, it, I know that sounds like I'm, like I'm drifting away from the miracle thing, but to bring it back to the miracle thing, um, that's, a, that's a key part of that, I think, is that um, we seem to find it okay to say that um, a miracle in the Bible is something that can only be done by the divine one by God, right? Or by Jesus using the divine spirit, right? In other words, it's something that's super uh, natural, unnatural, whatever, um, however you describe that. But then we throw that word miracle around in a context which clearly has a level of possibility, of doability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, it, or... Um, or, or the exact opposite of that, I suppose, in the sense that, you know, sometimes we say things like, it's a miracle that somebody wasn't hurt. Right? But nobody was hurt. How is it a miracle? It's happened. And it's, it happens again and again and again. And yet it's still a miracle. Where that thing that you said yeah. can't happen. But yeah. it did. And it did again, and in fact, in subsequent years, we've discovered that we can actually make 
something that we thought was a miracle 10 years ago happen now, or 100 years ago happen now, or 1,000 years ago. It can, we can make it happen now with science. And 1,000 years ago, that not only would have been a miracle, it would have been evil magic. Yeah. Right. And by the way, what's the difference between evil magic and a miracle? Like how many people in the story would have seen Jesus do this stuff that we say Jesus did and go, ooh, that was magic. He's evil. In fact, they did. They did. Um, yeah. And some, some would go, no, it's the power of God. And you can tell the difference between those two things because? It's just a different story. It's a different way of telling the story. Um, and, and so I think, I think, one of the great things about the miracle stories of Jesus is that they're all things that um, they're all miraculous stories, which have a variety of miracles in them, to be honest with you, I think. Um, and it depends on your perspective. It depends on how you look at it. The point is you can quite literally mine that story for something valuable to you. And as long as it, it meets the minimum criteria of Jesus, which is, well, love, um, then, and, and, you know, inspiration, creativity, good, right? That we are, we are good. Um, then how is it incorrect? Mm -hmm. I, I just don't see it as being incorrect. I see it as, you know, and like I said, I mean, if you want to hear any, all of those miracle stories as it's a miracle because Jesus does it and that proves Jesus is son of God and, um, has a power that we don't have, and you manage to be inspired by that to do good and live like Jesus, um, absolutely, have at it. Uh, that's absolutely okay. Um, if you understand that Jesus is essentially showing us that the divine spirit is in all of us too, and it's simply a question of opening ourselves to it and being able to share that with the world and, and living like and literally being Jesus, great. Like, both are valid. Both are both are valid. It's it's see that to me again. Just going back to what we were just talking about, you you can't say as I often do, there is one God, but there are many ways to that God, right? We each travel our own journey to that God. That's why there's different religions. That's why there's different traditions within those religions. Mm -hmm. If those traditions and religions are bringing you to God, it is a valid way to God. Yeah. There is only one God, but we have many ways of coming to that God. You can't say something like that and then go, but you can only think this. <laughs> but ours is the right one. <laughs> yeah, ours is the right one. You guys are all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're on dead ends. That's a dead end. Sorry. Um, you, 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 you can't. If it brings you to God, it brings you to God. Yeah. We're all individual. There's, no, there's just no way that there could be one way to look at yeah. these stories when we're all so different. And again, that's just me. Yeah. I'm trying really hard, by the way, to not say that's just my opinion because it's not my opinion. It's my belief and they're not the same thing. Um, and, um, I, 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 I'm entitled to that as are you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We are each, um, we are as individ unique individuals. We're entitled to the uniqueness that we are. Um, and, um, what's, important though i think is to be able to acknowledge that your uniqueness is just as valid and equal as mine yeah, yeah. right and uh it, and i you know that's the thing again the miracle stories are awesome for that in fact all of the stories of jesus the stories that 
according to the Gospels, Jesus tells the parables. Mm-hmm. They're all, um, and that's one of the reasons not to belabor this anymore. But um, when I was talking about the parables recently, uh, it just so happened that that chapter of uh, Matthew came up, which has the parable of the sower and the power parable, what we refer to as a parable of the sower and the parable of the weeds, right? Um, and then those little ones in between. Um, it's the one place where Jesus appears to explain parables. Right. He explains the parable of the sower and he explains the parable of the weeds. Except, did he? Are you trying to tell me that all of the times that Jesus didn't explain parables, he chose only in the Gospel of Matthew to explain only two when he told a <laughs> bunch of other ones? Right. Was that because, was that, are you saying that Jesus thought that people were smart enough to get those parables, but not these ones? Like what's the, and see, I think, I think the author of Matthew did that. I think that the author of Matthew through the, I agree with, there's a lot of biblical scholars who will say that, uh, that they think that the author of Matthew added that. And they have lots of different reasons. My reasoning would be, I don't think that's why Jesus used parables. I don't think he used a parable so that he would then tell you what exactly what it means. The point is for him, for you to think about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so there's a variety of ways of understanding that. And especially with those two parables, I can come up with a significant number of different ways of understanding those. Um, all of which I like one or two of which have specific meaning for me, but you're entitled to yours. Yeah. I think the same is true of the miracle stories. Um, the really miraculous thing about them is that there's invariably more than one miracle. There's invariably more than one way of understanding them. And um, the real miracle is how much we can be inspired by them if we let them. Mm. The moment we turn it into a story where Jesus does something impossible that we could not possibly do, I, I think we're losing the ability to be inspired by that story. Yeah, I agree. I love that way of looking at it. Um, let's wrap it up th- f- there for now um, on this episode, Robin. But um, this was so much fun. I-, I love the way that you share your thoughts on uh, and like share things that you've been clearly thinking about through your life and have come to different uh, perspectives on on stories and share them in a way that leaves so much space for people to take what resonates for them and to have their own unique thoughts and perspectives on it as well, right? Thanks, Ben. Um, one thing I would love to invite people to do is to, I mean, I think we all have, like we said, we have—we all have our own ways of looking at these stories. We also all each have our own miracle stories, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this uh, through the link that we shared on Facebook, share in the comments maybe um, a miracle story or what you thought of this episode if you have a miracle story from in your own life that you feel comfortable sharing um, to inspire others like we like jesus can have a tremendous impact on other people's lives through our sharing so that's just something i would invite people to do if you would like Um, and if you're listening to this on the podcast app on your phone or through itunes you can come check out our Facebook page, Rising Spirit Ministry, on Facebook, and on our website, which is risingspiritministry.com, where you can also find past episodes of the podcast over the last six years. We've got almost 130 episodes, lots of great stories to share. Um, thank you again, uh, Robin, and thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thanks, Ben. Until next time, take care and be well, everyone.